the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So in the midst of, of this season in, um, in Matthew's Gospel, where we're hearing about the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is like in the parables of, of the kingdom of God, and we have the parable of the sower last week, and um, the parable of the weeds this week, and um, I think next week we have mustard seed and yeast and then treasures hidden in fields and other things like that as well. But, um, this parable, I, I, I just want touch on, to touch on it in a, in a couple of different ways. The first, the first in, in the way that, that Jesus explained it, which is probably the best way to, to first touch upon it because it's the way that Jesus explained it. And the way that I, the way that I um, sort of talked about in the uh, in the, the email that went out on Friday, um, as far as is how this applies to us um, in the church and how it applies to us um, in in dealing with with the world, which is um, the glory of of being in the kingdom of God. And not having to worry about what is wheat and what is a weed, because uh, it's not your business, right? You just get to you just get to revel and rest in the fact that the Son of Man has, has sowed good seed into into the world, and there may be weeds sown by the evil one, but they're very hard to distinguish. Um, the the weed um, here that's described in this, this parable isn't really just a parable. It's sort of it's sort of like a lot of things that Jesus talks about. It's a it's a it was a common occurrence, not maybe completely common, but but was known as biological warfare um, that would happen where where this seed called Darnell would, would be sown in, in the enemy's um, fields um, especially in other nations, and it looked like wheat, except that it was poisonous. It looked like wheat, at least while I was growing up, sort of like my lawn. Like, <laughs> my lawn, when I mow it, you can't tell what are weeds and what is grass, so you keep it short. So it looks the same, right? It doesn't, who cares? Um, but when it grows up, you can tell really quickly what's, wheat, what's weeds and what's grass. Maybe there's even some grass, I don't even know, but... Um, but the same is true with this. Once, once the wheat starts to, to grow up a little bit, you can tell that there's some weeds. But even then, it's really hard to distinguish. And worse is that the darnel sort of wraps itself around um, the root of the wheat. So if you pull up the weed, the weed anyway, you're also pulling up the wheat. So you're, you're, sort, of out of, you're sort of out of luck. And so um, when, the, when the servants say, should we do it? Uh, the man said, no. Don't do anything. One, because you don't know what you're looking for, and two, you're, you're being destructive anyway. And so, if, you know, when it all comes up eventually, God will choose His angels, and the angels will come and do it right. It's, it's not for you to worry about. And what that tells us uh, is a couple of things. One is it's 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 very difficult to distinguish oftentimes what's what's wheat and what's weeds, and, and God can can and, and not us. And, and um, secondly, that, it, that 
it's not our it's not our job to worry about who might be weed and who might be weeds. Our job is just to live appropriately. And and furthermore, um, that that we're not called um, sort of an, an aside part is unlike what happens oftentimes in the church. We're not called to um, separate ourselves out of the world. We're just called to live, right, among the world. Oftentimes in the church for the last several centuries, it's we need to we need we need to not be like them, right? And we do that in churches. Those Anglicans and Episcopalians, you know. Right now in the Episcopal Church, we're friends with everybody except the Anglicans right now, I think. We're friends with we're friends with this the Baptists and Methodists and the Muslims and the Buddhists and but not the Anglicans, like we don't like those people. <laughs> they left us. Um, but you know, they left us because we're the sons of the, the evil one or something like that. So there's all this judgment that gets that gets put forth. Um, when when in reality it says we're just we're just called to grow up, and it's the evil who's come and sowed these seeds. So there's great freedom in that. Right? You don't have to worry about this. Um, the flip side of that is, though, in our own lives, I think this parable, as I was praying about it, really, really holds truth, truth as well. If, if this parable is, is our heart, that there are good seeds that, that God has sown in, in our hearts, and then the evil one comes in and sows bad seeds. Right? And, and the reality is they, they grow up together a lot of times. Um, and the good news is that, that, again, God will remove those um, weeds that are within us and, uh, and bind them. And an amazing sort of thing happens that somebody pointed out um, that, that lots of times when we, when we talk about wheat, we just talk about wheat. We forget that wheat actually eventually has a use, which is to make bread. Right? We, we don't just have wheat to have wheat. We have wheat to make stuff, right? I mean, sometimes you need to, like, you know, remember that. And, and the things that, when you have wheat and you have water, a little oil, very sacramental things right now, what, all you need is one more thing to make bread, which is heat, which is why the weeds are being gathered and put into the barn, right, to make heat. If you read, like, Little House on the Prairie way back when, the, the long winter, they, like, ran out of wood, and, and they're, like, binding the hay into tough things to, in order to, to make any sort of cooking. Uh, you've read that book. It's probably been a long time for most of us. But in the Middle East, there's not lots of wood anyway. It's not like they have big trees all over the place that they're chopping down. They're using, they're binding these grasses into tight things in order to make fuel. And I thought about that for, for how this is for us as well. That, that God can take these, these lives, 
sown by the enemy, the shame and the guilt that we feel because of things that we've done, um, things that people have said, ways in which God has been portrayed that have caused these weeds to grow up in our lives and have sort of almost choked out the, the love, joy, kindness, patience, right? The image of God that we, that we have. We have these great images of God um, today in our readings about, about the Spirit of God making us, making us children of God, adopting us, that we can cry out, Abba, Father, our song of, Lord, you searched me out and known me. These are such powerful images of the loving God that we have, and yet, how many times do we hear about God punishing you for your sins, or God casting you out for this deed, or you're being punished, or you're sick because you've obviously done something wrong, or obviously you don't have faith. These things that people say, I just heard a woman say um, recently that, that her, her mother died when she was 10, and somebody told her that God picks the sweetest flowers. I mean, can you imagine? And that's meant to comfort, but it's not comfort. Right, all it says is that why would God pick my mother? Like, but we, we just we just read that, right? We're just saying that. And when from death I'm free, death has come and, and takes people away. Jesus comes and snatches them from death and brings them to life. That's what Jesus came for. This is this is the great truth. But we keep distorting truth. And we put that into other people. And then, then the enemy is just quick to just affirm that anyway. Like, you're right. You are not smart enough. You are not holy enough. You are not good enough. You've never been good enough for God's love. And those are just lies that are weeds in our hearts that God is ready to sort of pluck up and burn and refine the truth of our life that, that we are children of God, who God searches out. We cry, Abba, Father. It is such a, a powerful image of what God has for us. If we keep reading Romans, which we've been reading Romans, it's probably next week's reading in Romans, or the week reading afterwards, but we always like stop too soon, I always feel like, in Romans. Because, because we keep going, and it says, what can separate us from the love of God in Jesus? Right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus. I'm convinced that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus. Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword? I'm sure that nothing of these things can separate us from the love of God. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor the future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of these things can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These things that happen to us may, may shape us and form us, which is why these weeds may, may grow up in, in us. 
It's sort of like I was reminded again in, in our vacation Bible school where we, we, we looked at Joseph. And when Joseph met his, met his brothers um, who, who um, threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery and told his father that they, he was dead and all these other things, not really, not really great or otherly love, you might say. Right, but when, when Joseph um, encountered his brothers, um, they were a little bit afraid, you know. Joseph's in, in Egypt now. They, they've come to um, get food, and Joseph is, is in charge of distributing food, and now they're a little bit concerned, and Joseph says to them, don't worry. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And it, and it speaks of the redemption of the power of God in our life. That indeed, um, what, even, what even the evil one has meant for evil, God can redeem and bless and, and bring um, fruit and joy and goodness out of that. Um, so I just, just want to um, conclude um, just by praying. Um, this is that, that and and not just praying, but as as sort of a, a, a sort of a representative of, of the church, the church is the church has been at fault for for a lot of these a lot of these lies. Not, I mean, right about your image of God that God, you know, sometimes we use scripture as a good way to back that up, but but we've we've told. You know, through the years, women, they can't do certain things. We've told these people they can't do certain things. And you have to be, you have to wear the right kind of clothes and do the right kind of things and act the right kind of way if you want to be holy and earn the grace in God. And I just want to apologize on behalf of the church and say that's not so. That you have a God who chases after you and searches you out and makes you known. And a God who wants you to say, Abba, Father. And know that you're in faith. And that the Spirit of God rests in you and through you. That you're no longer under the law, as we've been talking about. You're under the Spirit of God. And so, gracious God, we, we come today. And we break um, the power of any of those lies that have been told by the church or by others that we are not good enough or smart enough or holy enough to deserve your love. Anything that says that we have to earn your love because your love is a gift to us. Any of those seeds sown by the evil one, any of those sins that we think are unforgivable in our lives, things that we think that we have done that are unforgivable, we've Ask, O oh Lord, for you to take those away from us because you have forgiven us by the grace and blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you bind those and wrap those tightly and set them aflame. That as we come to this holy altar, to receive indeed the bread of life. That the, the wheat that is in us also is formed into 
a wonderful love of your love and grace and kindness. The joy and peace that we have in you flourish. That we know that we belong to you. That we are your children, adopted as heirs of your kingdom, and nothing can ever separate us from your love. You search us out, you make us known. Thank you, Lord, for the love which you pour out upon us each and every day. Not because we deserve it, but because we are yours and you love us. Let us rest in this love and shine brightly in your glory. In Jesus' most perfect name, amen.